0: Today's reading is from Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to 25. And for those of us physically in church today, this can be found on page 1024 of the Pew Bibles. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zachariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? Because I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him I am Gabriel I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at the appointed time meanwhile the people were waiting for Zachariah and wondering why he had stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realised that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Both in the building and online, great to have you guys with us. Um, just a few quick things before we begin, if that's okay. Uh, number one, if you can keep your Bibles open to Luke chapter 1, that will be important an important thing to do. Keep them open if you're watching online as well. I can see through that camera, by the way. Uh, secondly, um, we've prepared a series of Advent readings that will help you, I think, kind of lean in to the Christmas story this Christmas season. They look a little bit like that. Now, that's too hard to see from the back. That's okay. I'm going to put them up the back as soon as I'm done. Feel free to grab one of those on your way out, and that will chart the Christmas story up into Christmas Eve. If that will be of help to you, uh, 30 from me before we begin. Really, is just a, a big thank you to all of you who've contributed to our uh, our mission partner support appeal. Uh, you might remember Andrew prayed and gave thanks for that in the prayers. Um, just to let you know that as of the end of last week, we've raised 112,000 out of our goal of 120,000, so almost there. And if you'd like to give to make up the the little balance that remains, um, you feel free to do that. But really what I want to say is thank you to you for your generosity and your support in um, making sure that our heroic mission partners are well-funded into next year. Well, I'm going to pray and then we'll get right underway. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time of year, uh, for the hope and the wonder of the Christmas story, and help us to lean into that now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, can you remember being a, that feeling, I guess, of being a kid and barely being able to wait until Christmas morning when you'd finally be allowed to unwrap your Christmas presents that had been waiting under the Christmas tree there for weeks, perfectly prepared? Or when you race into your parents' room at 6am, 5am, 4am like crazy banshees on Christmas morning to show them what Santa had left? in your stocking during the night as if it was a surprise to them. Can you remember that feeling? Neither can I, actually. <laughs> it is, it's been so long since I've actually wanted something, other than a flat stomach and my mortgage paid off. And uh, those can't go under a Christmas tree, can they? <laughs> in fact, on one side of our family, we've we have um, totally given up on buying presents completely, other than for the children Uh, kind of think there's no point buying stuff people don't want with money you don't really have and on the other side it's basically got to the point where you you buy your own present you wrap your own present you bring your own present and you just give the receipt to the person that's meant to be buying for you (laughs) something's gone wrong there hasn't it so that sense of uh, expectation is long gone for me at least with presents but I still really look forward to Christmas Uh, I look forward to Christmas food (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to waking up on Boxing Day which for us is sort of our first chance to relax and that's the case for lots of people Uh, and I love watching the opening session of the Boxing Day test match and those lazy days between Christmas and New Year just wonderful and so I suspect that most of us have some sense of anticipation around this time of the year it may not be as intense as a kid watching presents slowly amass under the Christmas tree but we still look forward don't we And that's what this season called Advent is all about. It's a looking forward. Our Archbishop Kanishka Raphael reminds us in the December issue of the Southern Cross Magazine that the word Advent means arrival. It means coming. And so in this uh, three or four week period before Christmas, we prepare for Jesus' coming. Now, interestingly, it's not just his original coming in the form of a baby born in Bethlehem, but also his return, his second coming, if you like when he will descend upon the earth at the end of time to judge the world with justice and truth. And so regardless of whether your anticipation at this time of the year focuses on presents or sporting fixtures or just lazy summer days, during this Advent season, we, we just want to recenter that focus to fix our eyes upon Jesus. So in the lead up to Christmas, we have today a season called Advent, Uh, Next Sunday, uh, we have a woman called Mary. This might change a little bit for you guys at 8 o'clock with our rejigged Advent service. Nath will then share for us a man called Joseph before we finish on Christmas Eve with a child called Jesus. And we'll be singing Christmas carols right throughout the Advent period. And wasn't it terrific to start with joy to the world, did you think? Great, because they're too good to leave until just Christmas itself. So a child called Jesus, a man called Joseph, a woman called Mary, and today a season called advent and in one sense could have called today a messenger called john because i want to introduce that sense of anticipation that is part and parcel of this advent season through the figure of john the baptist now i can't say that i'd necessarily picked up on this before but the gospel of luke uh, builds the expectation of the arrival of a savior by going into great detail about the arrival of john the baptist of the four Gospels, you might know that only Matthew and Luke have birth narratives, that is, story of the birth of Jesus. And in Luke's Gospel, the story of the birth of John the Baptist runs almost kind of parallel with the story of the birth of Jesus. John arrives before Jesus, and that would be the pattern of their ministry for some 30 years later as well. But the story's pretty much run... In parallel so that you'd be forgiven for getting confused as to whose story you're reading there in Luke chapter 1. And it's not only that the stories share so many similarities, they share a similar weight. Th- I think there are 64 verses about Jesus' birth. Did you know there's uh, 50 verses about the birth of John the Baptist with a further six that kind of depicts an overlap of stories when Mary visits Elizabeth who's pregnant with John? So similar stories and similar waiting. And I would suggest something of a shame that we typically give John the Baptist such little honor. Uh, Actually, more than a shame, I would say, because John's story is Luke's way of building to a bigger story. John's birth points to another birth. And uh, if Advent is about anticipation, if it's about getting ourselves prepared... The biographer, the evangelist known as Luke, who wrote more verses in the New Testament than anyone else, even more than the Apostle Paul, says, you have got to hear the story about the birth of John the Baptist. So let's dive in. The details are many, but in many ways are plain enough. Zechariah and Elizabeth are humble servants of God. They are upright, verse 6. They are childless and very old, verse 7, which was a source of great pain. That's the childlessness and disgrace and concern for them with no one to carry on their name or look after them when they became frail and yet God pursues them and that is God's habit isn't it to pursue us first by ensuring that the throw of the dice meant that Zechariah was in the very heart of the temple for one of the great honors of his life certainly the greatest moment of a priest's life because he would take the sacrifice of the people into the most holy place But there, something even more extraordinary happens. He's visited by an angelic messenger. That is the rarest of events. For all we know, this could be the first time it had happened for three or 400 years since the time of Malachi at the end of the Old Testament. And then the, the frightful angel carried extraordinary news. Verse 13, read it with me. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Oh, but he's no ordinary boy. Not only will he be a delight to you, which makes sense, he will delight your people and indeed God himself. He'll never drink liquor. He'll be filled with a different kind of spirit, the Holy Spirit, from even before birth, which has never happened before. In fact, later on in verse 41, when Mary visits Elizabeth, even Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, with John pregnant in her belly. So can you see the way that Luke is slowly working us over he's preparing us he's building the expectation he's saying if all this will happen with john my goodness what should we make of jesus the one who follows john and friends we ought to start to just find ourselves leaning in slightly to catch the news of this baby now i'm speaking of babies i'm about to say something rather controversial which you may not believe having just seen um, cute Stevie Jansen on the video. But here we go. Controversial thing. I think puppies are cuter than babies. It's out there. Said it now. Can't unwind it. Puppies are cuter than babies. Or to give it some nuance, I don't think there's such a thing as an ugly puppy. (laughs) But not every baby is (laughs) as adorable as Stevie Jansen. You're laughing, but you know it's true, don't you? Now, here's a picture of one of my handsome babies. Uh, I'm not going to dress him up in hats and try and hold him in front of a tree. Clearly, he got his good looks and his locks from his mum. Uh, Clearly, he got his kind of serial killer facial expressions from me. But you're not even interested in looking at him, are you? You're melting over the five little cavalier cross cocker spaniel pups that he's cradling, aren't you? That's what you're really looking at. There's no such thing as an ugly puppy. But even so, there's no comparison between a pup and a baby when it comes to their significance as, one of, uh, as a creature on God's green earth. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, to have a puppy is kind of a hobby, isn't it? But to have a baby is really life-changing. To have a son like this John the Baptist, wow. Of course it's unbelievable to Zechariah he asked the obvious question how you know I'm old my wife's old and he's struck with dumbness until the baby is born because he didn't believe you know at the sixth month mark of Elizabeth his wife's pregnancy the same angel Gabriel <laughs> busy angel he visits Mary and he says something very similar to her you will bear a child a boy you are to call him the name Jesus so you can see how these twin origin stories twist and turn in the same direction with John's just a little further ahead of Jesus. Both boys' parents are visited by angels. In both cases, the angels name the babies. In both cases, these boys would be extraordinary in the eyes of God and men. In both cases, a parent asks the obvious question, how? How can it be John's parents because they're too old, Jesus' mother because she's too young. And in both cases, in Luke chapter 1, A parent sings a song that is rich and deep in meaning about the nature of this child to be born. Those twin twists and turns. Build an expectation. If all of this is true of John who precedes, what will be of the one who follows? In fact, when John is born... Uh, a still mute Zechariah insists they must call this baby boy John, breaking all social and family traditions. And have a look at verse six. I'd love you to 66. I'd love you to read this with me. Verse 66. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, "What then is this child going to be?" For the Lord's hand was with him. As it turns out, uh, these songs that Mary and Zechariah sing are very helpful diagnostic instruments. Uh, We might hear Deb tell us about Mary's song in a couple weeks' time, but we should turn our ear to listen to Zechariah's song to discover what this child is going to be. In fact, Zechariah's song points to another son. Well, we already know what Gabriel has said to Zechariah who, having been struck dumb, probably didn't get a chance to tell anyone else. But let's read it together in verse 16. He will bring back this is John, many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So that will be John's role. He will go before the Lord and bring people back to God, back and before. He will have that unusual kind of existence and ministry that's not uncommon, though, for God's messengers like Elijah. And he will have a remarkable ministry turning parents to their children, the foolishly disobedient to the wise, the people back to God, specifically by preparing them for the coming of the Lord. Well, Gabriel's words, they're fleshed out by Zechariah's song in verses 67 to 79. So I want you to pick it up with me from verse 67. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Let's drop down to verse 74. To rescue us from the hands of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before Him all our days. That's what God is doing through the coming of this child growing in Mary's belly. He's talking there in verses 67 to 75 about the ministry of Jesus. And Zechariah and Elizabeth already know that Jesus will be greater than their son John. Do you know that is why Christmas is such a special time for Christian people? Because it is a time when we reflect on the greatest. The coming of God to earth in the form of a man who was born a baby, who redeems us, who saves us, who rescues us from our timeless enemies of sin, death and the devil, and who enables us to serve him without fear and with righteousness all the days of our lives. It makes me think, why is it I am so preoccupied with what I've got to buy for Secret Santa? Why is it I'm more interested in and who will be the australian keeper, or who comes in at number 5 in the batting order god has involved himself in the biggest matters of human life personally in the form of a human to rescue and redeem and enable us to serve him without fear it's wonderful it is magnificent It is breathtaking. I mean, this is the news, isn't it? But it does help to be prepared, doesn't it? We need preparation. And so Zechariah sings about his own boy in verses 76 to 79. Why don't you read that along with me as well? What an excitable father to be, hey? To be the father of someone like that, especially in your old age, against all odds, a prophet of the Most High. You know, John the Baptist was a prophet. Really, he was the last and greatest of the Old Testament prophets. He had an Elijah like um, power and an Elijah like existence, living in the wilderness like Elijah. It says in verse 80 until he appeared publicly to Israel. And when he burst onto scene, man, he created quite a scene. He prepared the people of Israel by baptizing them into the Jordan River for their forgiveness of sins. You might remember, we actually read uh, about John's ministry last week in our reading from Acts 19. It said this, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. That is a turning around, a turning back. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is Jesus. It was a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins preparing the path by preparing their hearts for the coming of Jesus the rising sun from heaven who shines on those living in darkness well that's all of us isn't it and to guide our feet into the path of peace because of the tender mercy of God Friends, I don't know where each of you stands in relationship with God this very morning. Can I say, if you don't know his salvation, if you've not received forgiveness of sins, there is no better way to prepare for Christmas than to receive it. And I would say receive it today. You know, God has a tender mercy and he wants you to experience rescue and redemption and salvation so that you are enabled to serve him without fear and in righteousness all your days. Wouldn't it be wonderful if this Christmas season you didn't just get a present or some time off, didn't just get fatter, but you got forgiveness and salvation and right standing with God and a restored relationship with His beautiful Son who first came at Christmas time and who will come again to take you into His everlasting arms? I mean, it really does make a new shirt or a new dress. Look, pretty budget by comparison, doesn't it? And if you'd like to follow that up, that'd be worthwhile having a conversation today, perhaps with a Christian friend, one of us ministers. Well, the story of Christmas is a story introduced by the birth of John the Baptist, via interruptions from angels to very unlikely recipients. How do we use these few short weeks of Advent to immerse ourselves in the true hope and wonder of the Christmas story. Do you know, I reckon it's a little bit like watching your favourite movie again. Not just any movie again, where you might be somewhat detached and disinterested with the details because you've seen it before. I'm talking about your most favourite movie of all time. You know, um, where you know what's going to happen exactly and when, and precisely for that reason, you look for the details. You're attentive to even split-second timing because those details are what makes it your favourite and because those split seconds hold tiny, precious moments of joy for you. It's like watching that favourite movie of all time. Frederick uh, Buchner writes of it this way, it is Advent, like he's saying it right now, it is Advent the time just before the adventure begins when everyone is leaning forward to hear what will happen even though they already know what will happen and what will not happen when they listen hard for meaning and begin to hear only faintly at first the beating of unseen angelic wings don't you love that so here's a couple of ideas of what you can do to lean forward to listen hard for meaning this month. Drink a little less, read a little more. <laughs> uh, you can read these Advent readings that we've prepared. Make sure you grab yours today if you'd like that. You can download it off, the, um, off our website. Drink a little less, read a little more. Eat a little less, sing a little more. You know, why couldn't you sing Christmas carols in your private devotions? I mean, even just mouth them. You know, if it's embarrassing for you to sing them out loud in your house. they they're Such great words. You don't want to leave them till just Christmas Eve before you sing them. And they make terrific Advent prayers. We often complain this is a season where we, we eat and drink too much. So don't. <laughs> drink a little less, read a little more. Eat a little less. Sing prayers a little more. You've got young grandkids that might come to stay with you. Why don't you read and sing together? Wouldn't that be joyful? Maybe you've got older grandkids that might come and stay with you. Why don't you read and, and pray with them together if they'll let you? It's a, it's the time just before the adventure begins. Brothers and sisters, lean forward to hear what will happen next, even though you already know what will happen. But I mentioned um, earlier that traditionally the Advent season was a time when we looked forward and prepared ourselves not only for Jesus' first coming but also for his reappearing, his second coming and so that's something that we ought to keep in the mix isn't it and it's a matter that's likely going to spill out into the new year, into 2022. We not only prepare ourselves for Christmas, buying presents, cooking food, organising gatherings, we prepare for new year celebrations, summer holidays by getting our bags packed spray tans or whatever you guys do Uh, and we prepare for the new year by i don't know buying new uniforms covering textbooks i'm sure you can remember doing that in your household and so also into the new and next year we prepare ourselves for the coming for the reappearing of christ and partly friends we will do that by listening well Uh, even though we think we know the story by listening well Uh, I mean coming to church and being part of a a smaller group that's the way that God interrupts our weekly preoccupation with all good earthly things not to mention some bad earthly things as well so as our groups finish for the year I want to say why don't you make a, a resolution an early resolution to give yourself to one of them next year it's solid work isn't it preparing for the coming of the Lord Jesus solid work that requires focus And we are preparing ourselves and each other for the return of Jesus. Likewise, I think give yourself to not just turning up to church when you can, but coming with attentive ears, coming with wills that are ready to bend and be reshaped, rather than thinking you know it all, wills that are ready to bend and be reshaped in response to the encouragement of brothers and sisters and the authority of the Word of God as it's sung And read and taught. It seems to me that many of us will prepare for Jesus' return by mimicking John the Baptist in some small way, by telling others of the one who has come and who will come again. Whether that's in some ways being leading growth groups, involved in ESL ministries, uh, maybe even involved in some kids' ministries in one form or another, mini mats, whatever it might be maybe even doing it with your own grandchildren. There's all sorts of Christian ministry that's going to happen in 2022. It might even be just having a natter with your neighbor over the back fence or in the apartment next to yours. Friends, as we finish, could you be a person prepared by John, among many others, for the coming of Jesus, not only as a baby in Bethlehem as a matter of history, but as a king returning from heaven and bringing eternity of all the things to do this advent of all the preparations you make for a new and hopefully less interrupted year ahead could you be someone prepared by john remember john the one who said it is oh it's this one here this one called jesus he is the one you need to see pay attention to him and having seen jesus again and again and again Could you mimic John's ministry, perhaps just in a small way, by doing the same for others? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, we look with great fondness upon your coming to earth. God, the Son, the Lord Jesus, in the form of a baby who grew up to be a man. It's a wonderful time. It brings us such joy and such hope. So we give you thanks, and we want to be people who use these next few weeks to lean into that story, to listen to what happens next, though we we know what happens next already, and to delight in it for all that it means for us. The rising sun has come from heaven to shine upon people living in darkness and guide our feet into the paths of peace. And yet, Lord, we also want to use this time to prepare ourselves for his return as a king from heaven bringing eternity and we ask that you might energize us to be involved in some way preparing ourselves and one another for his return pray these things in jesus name amen